Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering food, drink, and menu trends for both brands. Today I'm chatting with Hazel De Los Reyes, partner in Gumption Coffee, an independent coffee shop and roastery in New York City. Hazel launched Gumption in Australia, but brought the concept to New York two years ago first setting up a roasting facility in Brooklyn's Industry City, then opening a cafe in Manhattan this past fall. Listen as she talks about her quest to source, roast, and brew the best beans, her gumption that was required to open her first U.S. cafe during a pandemic, and how she positions gumption as an accessible but differentiated coffee experience. Welcome, Hazel. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Pat, for having, you know, for inviting me to your podcast. I really feel honored and excited to to be speaking with you today. Well, I'm very excited to have you and to hear more about Gumption Coffee. So tell me a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey that took you to launch Gumption Coffee. What were some of the steps that led you to the coffee business? Well, um, well, personally, coffee, you know, what, what made it all, what turned it all into a business was the fact that it was a, a hobby for me. Um, it was, well, okay, let's, before it was a hobby, explain why it became a hobby. Um, I grew up with coffee in the Philippines. Um, um, I remember summer holidays will be spending time in the province uh, with my grandmother and, you know, for the couple of months over summer, we'll be living there and I got familiar with coffee as a beverage. Um, we, you know, there's a big forest in the backyard where they, the, the whole community grew many fruits um, and a whole lot of um, other things. Um, amongst them were coffee trees. And, you know, I, I was very familiar with it as a tree, as a plant, and it turns uh, ripe as a cherry. And when it's ripe, you know, they get picked and then they get laid over the driveway. And for a couple of weeks, they dry, they turn black and dry up. And then the the men of the, the, the village would pound them to expose the seeds and the seeds were actually the coffee beans. And what would happen then is then the women of the village would then, you know, roast it over an open walk with big bamboo paddles and until they turn black and we have coffee and then we'll divvy it out amongst the household and, you know, um, we'll take them to the village grinder mill to be ground and then, you know, that's what we had and then Every morning, we'll wake up early in the crack of dawn. Um, my grandmother will be making coffee and she'll, we'll have it with condensed milk. And then, but before then, I'll have to walk a couple of miles to the bakery, um, get some morning buns. And then when I get back, you know, we have it all with, with our coffee. And that was the routine for, for the day. And then after that, all the kids kind of just ran out into the forest and never to be seen and heard from again until you know my grandmother would you know pound the the pots to call us in for dinner um and so that was my memory and for me coffee was always kind of real and that hot beverage that 
we drank and we only, and I guess I paired it with such a positive experience in my life because it was summer holidays. You know, we were in the provinces, there'll be forest and woods and a whole lot of playing that we do. And that was what we did and that's what we drank. And so, you know, I guess other beverages never had that um, uh, enigma and attraction for me. Um, so I've always sought to drink the coffee that I'm used to and what I know to be coffee. So instant coffee was just kind of like another strange beverage for me. It wasn't coffee at all. So everywhere I went, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, it was from, you know, childhood. I just sought and looked for, you know, a, a, a good taste in coffee. And so in Australia, when my parents arrived there as, as migrants along with us, their kids um it was predominantly espresso it still is to this day 99 percent of coffee that you'll get in australia will be made from an espresso machine mm. so american tourists will come and ask for coffee you know you'll get blank stares and go okay but what kind of coffee do you want a latte a cappuccino or a flat white or a long black and then you go no just regular coffee okay so describe to me whether regular coffee is well no it's black coffee and so okay I'll give you an Americano or a long black <laughs> and, and 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 that's what it was and and so it has to be made through an espresso machine and I got used to drinking cappuccinos and I'm thinking this is as close to what I would you know get at my grandmother's but it's stronger but yet there's a whole lot of milk um and but I was hooked to it and then um, my sister was going to have a, a birthday and I was um, going to give her an espresso machine. And then I thought, why is she getting one? Why don't I get one? <laughs> so I did a whole lot of research. And because but back then there was like a, a $70 sunbeam and you have the Giotto's will be $2,500. And I'm thinking that's a huge difference between the two. It's like, which is a better, you know, what makes a better coffee? Um, and so I researched and I got into it and I got hooked and, and it became, you know, a hobby where I got my espresso machine, then I needed to have a grinder to go with it. And then I need to have a particular steam jug, a uh, milk jug to go with it. And then I needed to research the internet in terms of how best way to, um, extract the espresso, temp surf my machine, the whole geekiness of, of this. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and it can get really, really geeky because at the time, the internet was just a flurry with, with you know, chat rooms. And then there's a whole lot of geeks in the chat rooms, you know, engineers and all of this and, you know, talking about the temperature stability of espresso machine and, and the extraction yields and all that kind of stuff. And Did you end I, up buying a $2,500 one or one that was a little less? <laughs> that, oh, that one that was a little less. Which, <laughs> it was a Rantulia Silvia, which is a $750 machine. However, it was really, it, even to this day, I mean, I still, I still have it. It's still in Australia and I can turn it on and still make, you know, uh, uh, a good espresso, a, a whole lot of a decent espresso than, than a lot of the, you know, espresso houses out there. So I'm very proud of that machine. I still recommend it, but you do need to get a good grinder with your machine. You need to be able to adjust your grind. So, but you can imagine the, the, the amount of gear 
that I eventually accumulated. And then I realized I wasn't happy with the roast, roasted beans I was getting from my local roaster. So I started, instead of getting roasted beans, I started asking them, hey, do you have green beans? Because um, I started roasting my own because I, I saw it from my grandmother and it was, it wasn't, you know, so complicated a process. I thought, hey, they did it, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I can do it too. So it wasn't a big intimidating step for me to start roasting my own coffee. And, and then again, you know, that was a whole lot of um, investment into coffee making. And now there's a whole lot of investment into coffee roasting. And so somebody said, you have just spent so much on making coffee for yourself. Why don't you make some coffee back and open a cafe? I'm still enamored of it. And, and it, it seems like an industry and a product that is constantly evolving, constantly changing and constantly giving surprises and rewards. So, yeah, I'll be here for a long time still, I think. So when did you open the first cafe in Australia? In 2003. So it's been 17 years now. And, and um, yeah, and, and became rudely confronted with the, the industry, <laughs> with the hospitality industry in terms of the long hours and the constancy of it and, and just the never-ending grind pardon uh, <laughs> pun intended never ending grind of it and um and because then I was just in it for the coffee and I realized a cafe has had to have food so we had food but my god I mean I mean I, I can cook personally but but to to be able to present food as much as you know to, to the the extent that I, the quality of the coffee I serve I, it it was too much and you know we did make a good go of it in a couple of years after having that realizing hey you know coffee is the only thing I want to do but with a cafe it seems to be the last thing I end up doing you know I'll I'll be in the cafe all day then when I get home because I set up a roastery in my garage that is the only time that I actually get to roast coffee so I thought I gave it the time and energy I had that the least time, the least energy that I had back then, I thought this is not what I went in here for. So we sold the cafe and because it, you know, we made it such a, a success of it, mm -hmm. we sold it well. Um, and I was able to open just a roastery um, <laughs> at the time, because that is exactly what I, I just wanted to do. So, um, and then from there, you know, grew the business, roasting um, online. I remember delivering 12 ounce bags of coffee to the neighborhood. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I let myself not to forget that time when, when, you know, I needed, you know, the money I can get from 12 ounces of coffee to be able to pay the rent. And mm -hmm. I um, supplemented, you know, that income with training. So I, I got myself a trainer's diploma to be able to deliver um, uh, a training course on espresso making at technical colleges. So, so yeah, slowly, surely. And then I also 
um, entered barista championships and I did well mm. and I kind of made a name for myself in the industry and um, I opened the door again to the public but this time no food just coffee just coffee was mm. coffee and did very well um, and became Sydney Morning Herald's which was, you know, the New York Times equivalent, New York, um, when they decided they'll run a, a good cafe guide from 2010, I think they started 2010, all the way to 2014. For the four years that they were running a good cafe guide, Coffee Alchemy, that was the company that was in, that's in Australia, we won best coffee of the year and we had the you know you guys have michelin stars we've got the three three bean award all through the four years so it was just year after year of of, of toughing it out and then eventually getting a break and 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 finally doing good and finally making it a a, a, a business a, um, yeah, a solvent, um, viable business that, you know, pay people and employ people and, and grow and, and turn into two stores to three stores. And, and now, you know, we're in New York. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the name of your company is Gumption Coffee, and it really took a lot of gumption to come to the U.S. or to New York, even in a place where there are so many coffee concepts. So how did you um, have the guts to do that? And, you know, what inspired you? Well, so we have a roastery in Australia. We still have it and it's still growing. We still intend to grow as a business uh, and a cafe and three cafes in Australia. So after our third store, we've opened our third store. You know, we kind of sat down and go, where, where to from here? And, you know, we thought, well, I'm not, I'm not getting younger or no spring chickens and I'm starting to feel, you know, <laughs> aches in my bones and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, there's still a whole lot of fire in the belly, but I, I think the flesh is getting a bit <laughs> saggier and tight, you know, and more exhausted. So let's, let's make the next one, the, you know, a, the biggest thing and, 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 you know, let's, let's make it, you know, sort of like, I'm um, go, um, hell for leather in, in terms of our saying um, for it. And we thought, where, where can that be? And we thought, well, you know, there's this myth, I don't know, I think it is true, this notion that the hardest, toughest, and most glorious city in the world has got to be New York. And so that was the first thing, that was the first place that came to mind. We've never been here. We, <laughs> we, you know, um, the, the 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 closest we came to New York would probably be Seattle because there's been some coffee conventions there mm -hmm. to, to the northern hemisphere. But yeah, wow. and just on a whim, we thought New York, and then a couple of weeks after thinking that, we booked a flight to New York. And we thought, okay, let's let's spend a couple of weeks in New York. And if we feel as if we have strong feelings or strong fears about being there, then we don't. But if we reckon we can give it a go and we can make it there with, you know, whatever gumption that we have, mm -hmm. and we have lots, um, then we'll go ahead. And yeah, we 
came here September um, 2017. Um, we arrived here September 2018 and we opened Gumption in Industry City, the Roastery, December 2018. So, so tell yeah. us a little bit about the Roastery. So it's in, it's in Brooklyn in a complex called Industry City. How did you yeah. decide to put it there? Um, we, when we were, the few trips that we made to New York, when we were trying to set it up, we were looking at places and believe it or not, Industry City, we, we looked at dozens and dozens, but Industry City was the first one that we saw. And pretty much all of the sites that we saw after that, even though we, we did see a whole lot, we always kind of like compared it to Industry City. So we go, but Industry City has the space. Oh, but Industry City has, you know, all of these things. But um, Industry City is, you know, close to transport. It, it seems as if Industry City would was, was the place. So, um, so, and it had space enough for us. And um, we looked at the design of the rosary. We can put a machine here and it has all the utilities that would need to set up a roastery. And they were also developing it, you know, um, back then industry city, well, now it's changed so much. There's so many more tenants and it's becoming quite a vibrant eatery hub village place um, uh, for people. So we're happy to have taken that step and we're now part of that, you know, thriving um, small business community where it's all about, you know, sort of like creating, you know, small things from a whole lot of energy. So no, mm -hmm. so it's, it's been, it's been quite good. Are there other food businesses there as well? Um, there's actually, we're on, um, building 19, which is on 39th street upstairs is the Nets building. That's where the, you know, the training, um, uh, the Nets train, um, and there's ABC around the corner and Whole Foods have just opened their online fulfillment, the same block. And um, there's Porcelanosa, there's Japan Village in the campus, there's Sahadis, there's, um, uh, anyway, I, I forget the names, but you know, there's a, a few uh, distilleries. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great hub. So, yeah. Yeah. So how are, you know, there, we all know about the huge coffee chains in the U.S. like Starbucks and Pete's and mm -hmm. even Donuts is considered a big coffee chain now. Yes. So how does Gumption, you know, try to compete with them? And what is your point of differentiation? I mean, you've already talked about the roasting, which is definitely a big point of differentiation. But what else would you say differentiates you? Um, in, in terms of what we saw, um, there seems to be on the ground a whole lot of the big chains um, that everyone goes to and everyone finds accessible. Mm -hmm. Then there is also, you know, from a few years ago, the birth of the third wave coffee where it's, you know, the barista showcasing the origins of the coffee and, and people knowing much more about you know, the origins and, and the, the coffees that they have and, and being able to brew it to reveal the farmer's intent 
on the coffee they produce. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more transparency. There's a whole lot more focus on, on the extraction and the quality of the beverage and its provenance. Um, however, the third wave coffee, uh, some people call it hipster coffee, is I, I find the market for that very limited. And a lot, it seems as if every time I go to a specialty coffee place, who do I bump into? Industry people. It seems as if, <laughs> it seems as if we're the only customers for ourselves. <laughs> and, um, and then um, the rest, and this is true also for Australia, the rest of the coffee going people, you know, end up still going to the other chains and then turn around and com complain about the quality of the coffee they get from there, but then they won't frequent or visit specialty coffee places because they find it too snooty or or too snobby or too judgy or, or just plain inaccessible mm -hmm. so i find there's the gap there it's a whole space in the middle where this is you know i i, I just want everybody to have good coffee to be thoughtful of the beverage they put in you know um, that they drink in the morning not have to instantly drown it in sugar and milk to make it palatable, but actually to enjoy the beverage for what it is. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought this is what um, is great about, about the American drip. You can just have a whole cup of just coffee, black coffee, and a lot of Americans like that, where it's just black, and if you're going to add milk just a little bit, if you're just going to add sugar, just a teaspoon, not much. Whereas the espresso, the lattes, the cappuccinos that um, a lot of Australians are used to, it's actually just a little bit of an ounce of espresso and the rest of it is made up of milk. So your lattes, it's a whole lot of latte in there. Um, it's a whole lot of milk in there. And, and, and I find that very kind of like incongruous and I'm thinking you know America Americans have got it good they, they're appreciating the coffee for what it is and a lot of Americans are black coffee drinkers and and I find um I like that market I like people who drink coffee like that and and but I don't want them complaining about their cup of coffee I want them to actually like it and I don't want to frighten them about the coffee that they're drinking it's just coffee, but they should be able to have access to ones that taste good without them having to be frightened of not knowing much about it, but just be slightly more thoughtful about the coffee that they drink. And I guess that's the space in the market that we found coffee, uh, gumption coffee to be able to fit in. Well, I'm definitely a black coffee drinker. I mean, I visited your shop in New York and it really is very accessible and very welcoming. Oh, so you. I think you found that sweet spot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and 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 I uh, yeah, that's exactly where we want to be. We we don't want to be another um snooty sort of like really top end high end coffee shop that that many people will be frightened of coming into um because they just feel it's it's not them. They just feel like it's not you know, they're, they're not going to be welcome in that place. So, and that's why we chose the colors that we chose because 
we want people to be intrigued, but we want to be, you know, people to be to feel cheerful already. Just standing outside, looking at the colors, it's like, oh my God, look at this place! Um, and 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 then come in because they're invited just by the way we've, you know, chosen colors, and we hope that's the effect. Well, tell us a little bit about the color since people can't really see on the podcast. So, so okay. you have to describe them, Hazel. Okay. Well, actually, we have to tone it down a bit. <laughs> um, it's Well, people actually say whenever they see it, they feel like it's Christmas. So it's red um, um, in the packaging, the main packaging we have. Uh, we have big, vibrant red. And then we have as our signature that red in other parts of the store and in online is not as highlighted as in the packaging. Um, and what is highlighted more is this teal, actually. Um, and you know, think about it. Um, when I've gone out there now, I, I just see teal everywhere. And I don't maybe Pantone has chosen teal to be the 2021 color of the year. Who knows? No, um, gray and yellow. I just <laughs> and, and then we have this kind of like dark blue. So mm. it, it, it looks like it, you know, from people listening, they're like, oh my God, that's ghastly. Um, <laughs> but you just have to see it <laughs> to, for it, for it to, you know, for it to work in, in your mind. It's, and then as you can see, those are, you know, sort of like, clean clinical nordic scandinavian you know sort of like um uh minimalist look it's in your face vibrant and colorful and that's kind of uh, i think who we are and that's what we want to be in and that's what we would like our our customers to to identify with um coffee does that i mean you know when you drink coffee you're immediately feeling this stimulus stimulant effect of it but if you're having a great coffee you're not just stimulated but suddenly you feel optimistic mm -hmm. you feel happy and engaged you feel compelled to do something so and 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 that's kind of the message behind our packaging the message behind gumption and we're hoping yeah that the coffee will do that so you drink coffee drink gumption coffee you go hey this coffee is quite nice it's delicious as a it's an American drink. I've never had it before. I don't. I can drink it like this. I don't have to put sugar or milk, and you know, I I can have another cup of this. And then you know, and then they'll start thinking of the day. Oh yeah, okay. I'll go through my to do list. Oh yeah, well this this difficult challenge that's ahead of me today with this meeting. But you know what? Let's unpack it into little doable things and blah blah blah. And then suddenly, you know, the whole morning has become has been transformed into. A very positive kind of um, engage and active day just with you know the right cup of coffee so that is the way our master plan for world domination I think. Well I think it's especially appropriate that the colors are so uppy because you opened during a pandemic which was gutsy as well so yeah. um, well. Well, well, we hope also quite, you know, sensitive enough and, and not, 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 too, not too insensitive that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now so. tell me a little bit about how you partnered with some local bakeries and food purveyors, because in the U.S. at least, people like to have a little snack or a sweet with their coffee sometimes. So Yes. 
So, yes, they do. We realize them. So, like, as much as we've um, uh, scorned food all this time, we have to actually now embrace it. Um, so, um, here in Industry City, we, you know, make our own, we bake our own. But in 1155, uh, we do have a back area, but we, you know, we chanced upon King Street Baking Company, which is um, uh, set up by a woman who worked at um, uh, 11 Madison, a pastry chef at 11 Madison, and then she started doing her own thing. And we loved her samples. It was just so thoughtful and it was just seemed like the most, it's compact, but then all the flavors were there and it was, you know, soft and moist and, and it was seemed like the perfect accompaniment to our coffees. And, and it turned out when we met up with her, she got the name King Street Baking Company from King Street in Newtown, Australia, Sydney, Australia. And I know King Street, I lived there at some point <laughs> in my life. And, and she, you know, she said, well, you know, I, I lived in Sydney for, a year and a bit and I lived on King Street and I fell in love with that place and and therefore I named my so wow this is you know serendipitous and and so so there's that and there you know also you know women owned um baking companies so, oh that's great not 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 meaning to I don't know we just gravitated towards uh, I guess these you know like-minded um entrepreneurs as well and um, so there's that. And then, you know, we've been talking a lot with, um, uh, Claire's been talking with Rachel from um, Thin Mill. We've yet to stock her um, products on our shelves. So, but that, that part, you know, we've, we've sort of like struck up friendship earlier on that's still ongoing. So we, we will be um, stocking her products on the shelf sometime in the new year. So what are some of the items that they make um, that you serve with your coffee? I know that they're muffins and... Muffins, um, scones, scones, sorry. <laughs> um, and, 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 um, and biscuits so in terms of the savory offering, I think the most popular one, and this is my favorite savory one as well, is the... Uh, everything scone um, because it's got everything on it. It's like an everything bagel and it's just so nice to have with just black coffee. You want something savory and it's just a nice small bite. And if, if you happen to have skipped breakfast, you know, and you're on your way to the office, get a coffee and everything's scone and then you'll be set right. And then, or you can have a blueberry muffin, which I find also right, you know, um, quite yummy because I don't know what she put in it, like a lemon verbena. I know lots of people put lemon um, zest with blueberry muffins because that just seemed to work well. But hers is a lot more, but she's not telling me what her secrets are, but I find that really, really tasty. Um, and I think the popular one as well is um, a gluten. And, and this is the other thing. Gluten-free seems to become becoming more and more popular these days um, um so the gluten-free citrus bunt um mini bunt that's been you know a sensation as well because it's it's and she she uses olive oils so it's it's moist and it's so flavorsome um and it's gluten-free so Did you do any vegan ones too did you have to put some some of those choices in 
Um, no, not yet. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm thinking of the other options that were as we go into the new year, because as well, it's, you know, and I find this very, very apt for January and February from my experience in Australia, um, our sales of alternative plant-based milk goes up, decaf goes up, um, zero <laughs> uh, uh, percent fat skim milk goes up. So a whole lot of, you know, resolutions kick in during the new year. And then obviously gluten-free and probably vegan will have to look into those options as well. But um, yeah, but I must say, um, my my favorite, uh, my second choice of savory option is is not uh, vegetarian or not vegan. Is um the cheese cheese aman. Um, we also have a few pastries from Pandavignon, um, and they have this Gruyere aman, and it's baked into the pastry. Mm. And then when it's nice, and when you warm it up a little bit in the Turbo Chef. For a few seconds, the cheese melts, and it's just, yeah, That's very nice. <laughs> so, and and those, so, and, and I guess in the new year, um, I'm very very positive. You know, hopefully a lot more businesses will kind of reopen or or get reinvigorated, and and we'll have a, a wider product lines. Um, so yeah, and. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm very looking forward to 2021 right now. Yeah, so we're all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to my last question. So what are some of the other plans you have for 2021? Do you have anything on your wish list, especially that you're looking um, at? Yeah, um, well, as, the plan, as far as the plan goes, well, we're looking for another Manhattan location um preferably with just lots of people and you know what we have had to have a rethink of real estate because now with 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 covid and people have been you know spending working time from home uh, working from home and spending some face time with colleagues that i think that has redesigned work for a lot of people mm. and I, I think you know we've had to rethink our strategy for locations and and so we're now scouting um but you know we're really looking more where some you know where there's a lot of people that will remain you know for a, a good portion of the week working from home and would need coffee so any one of your listeners who you know have recommendations you know hit me up hazelgumptioncoffee.com <laughs> anyway um so so there's that we're we're looking for a second location but uh, i guess for a wish list um i did mention this um about you know gumption sort of like um uh make making things happen and and having gumption you know make things better but uh, i do wish you know for 2021 that you know people realize the power of agency we have um i guess hopefully with covid we've kind of like um 
been a bit more introverted and, and started reflecting more. And we do have huge capacity for agency that we tend to sometimes ignore or have given away or just have been not responsible for, but we do. And, and hopefully in 2021, people will realize, hey, I have the capacity for, you know, agency a whole lot more than I, I think I did. I, ha- I can make choices about this. I can make choices about that. I have within my power the gumption to change things around to how I want it to be. So I'm hoping that for 2021. Thanks so much, Hazel. I hope our listeners learned as much about coffee as I did. Please join us again and listen to this menu feed and past episodes on Spotify.